Well, I am excited to be with you today, continuing in the series Extraordinary. <laughs> you might be thinking, this series is not for me. I'm just ordinary. <laughs> well, the series is for you because we're looking at ordinary people and extraordinary things. How in the book of Acts, God used ordinary people and accomplished extraordinary things. And I think we can all acknowledge that in our world today, we need God to do something extraordinary. Today, uh, I'm talking on the subject of pain. <laughs> have, have you ever had pain? <laughs> you ever gone to the doctor and the doctor says on a, on a level of one to 10, what is your pain level? <laughs> you might be like, well, I'm, I'm at a five or I'm at a six. It's, it's about average. And I think a lot of people these last few years on, on different levels, not even just physical pain, but emotional pain, relational pain would say it's a 10. <laughs> it's beyond a 10. What do we do with pain? How do we handle pain? Well, today we're going to discover that pain can have a purpose. Oh, you're going to find out that your pain can have a purpose. We're going back into the book of Acts in chapter 4, beginning in verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word not to speak uh, our words, not just to speak our offense, not just to speak our hurt, not just to speak our bitterness, but to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, this is the apostles, the followers of Jesus. The place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. What a prayer. <laughs> what do your prayers sound like? I wonder, what do my prayers sound like? So often when we're praying, we're, we're praying, God, help me avoid this situation versus God, enable me to handle the situation. Too often we're praying, God, would, would you protect me from this versus God, give me your power to go through this. You see so many of our prayers, it's, it's God, save me from this versus God, strengthen me for this. And here we see the followers of Jesus with an incredible prayer, a model for us today that, that if you want your pain to have a purpose, the first thing we, we need to realize is our prayers should be, God, enable me, not just God, I want to avoid this. And when we pray like this and when we're engaged with, with all that God has for us and we're filled 
with his power and presence, we, we realize that there is a boldness that we see with, with the apostles, and there's a boldness that, that can come upon our lives. And it's not just our boldness, but it's breakthrough from God. And it's amazing as we look at what begins to take place with the followers of Jesus, that, that in, this, in this amazing group of people, there is unity. Oh, our world today needs unity. I would say our churches today need unity. Not only is, it, is, this, is this group of people marked by unity, but there's community. <laughs> people are not just staying in their homes and avoiding everyone else, that, that they're engaged with other people and they're actually caring for one another, that, that they're concerned, that, that they're there for, the, for those high moments, the celebratory moments, but they're there for each other in the difficult times. It's also marked by, by generosity. <laughs> people were not panicked, trying to hold on like, oh no, Look at what's going on in the economy. Or, or we, we've just got to take care of ourselves. That, that they were actually generous with one another. And they were generous with the apostles into the building of the church. And miracles were taking place. You will be amazed when we start praying, God, not just help me avoid this, but God, enable me for this, what God will do. We need to start praying for resolve and not just relief from what we're going through. And we can discover our pain can have a purpose. Now, when all of this is happening, you would think everyone would be happy, but they're not. The religious leaders were filled with jealousy. <laughs> they arrested the apostles. This is like, what, what is in our hearts? Is your heart filled with jealousy? You see, if we want our pain to have a purpose, not only do we need to, to pray, say, say, God, enable me for this, not just avoid, but, but our hearts need to be generous, not jealous. I remember an old song by the band called The Gin Blossoms called Hey Jealousy. Or maybe you've heard, I think there's a song by, by Nick Jonas that goes, it's, it's my right to be hellish, I still get jealous. The dictionary defines jealousy as a complex emotion that encompasses feelings ranging from fear to rage and humiliation. Have you ever experienced jealousy? It's amazing in our world today. How many people are jealous? We, we look on social media at the vacation they appear to be taking and we're jealous. We, we look at someone else's marriage and how we think it is and we're jealous. We look at other people's kids and how they appear to be behaving and living and, and we can get jealous. Uh, I want you to understand this, that, that deal with jealousy or jealousy will deal with you and have its way with you. And you might be like, well, how do we deal with jealousy? Well, I would say, first of all, rather than spending our lives looking at other people, what if we start living 
It's amazing how so many people are living on social media, meaning they're just consuming the content of what other people are doing. <laughs> it's not the activities you're involved with, it's the activities you're watching other people engage with. It's, it's not the, the places you're visiting, it's the places you're watching other people visiting. And if we stop spending so much of our time looking at other people living and start living our own lives. We don't need to look at their marriage. Start, start becoming the best spouse you can be. You, you don't need to be always looking at how their kids are acting. Just be the best parent you can be. Rather than looking at the job and you, you think that, that that's the career you want, just be the best employee you can be. And you would be amazed how jealousy starts to no longer have it strangle around your neck. So this is happening right here that, that, the, that the apostles are, are seeing God move through them, but people are opposing them. They, they're, they're arrested because the religious leaders were jealous. God was using them. And people were opposing them. Don't be, don't be surprised when God is using you and all of a sudden people are not happy and, and they are arrested and they are locked up. Uh, so many of you right now know what it's like to be locked up. <laughs> maybe not physically, or maybe you do, but locked up emotionally, locked up relationally. You're in a jail and maybe no one knows it but you. And you might be like, I didn't expect this. I thought when I started following God, my, my problems were going to disappear. And, and now, look at this. I wasn't expecting this. You know, there's never a hit like the hit you didn't see coming. I remember when I, I was 16 years old and my friend and I decided that we were going to go on a double date. And so we we're taking these two girls on a date and we're like, hey, let's let's do something special. Let's do, you know, let's, let, let's make this a fun night. And so we took them to Taco Bell. <laughs> yes, this is serious people. You cannot make this up. We're like, girls, get as many gorditas as you want. And at Taco Bell, after we left, one of the girls had, had forgot her wallet there. So we went back to, to the booth that we sat at to, to get her wallet and someone was already there. And in fact, we knew the people that were there. One of the guys went to our high school. We went to South Hills High School in West Covina. And he was a, a senior. My friend and I were both sophomores there. And, and we knew him. He, he was on the varsity football team. And he was with another guy that played for Northview High School who was a senior. He was the center on the high school football team. And they were both so much bigger than us. And and as the gal was like, hey, I left my wallet here. Did you see it? They started acting like jerks and were saying, no, wallet, what's a wallet? Very clear that they had the wallet. They just were not going to give it. So my friend and I were like, this is not getting worth <laughs> beat up over. So we just went outside. The girls talked with the manager and we were about to leave as those two guys walked outside and we were standing by the car. And they got in my friend's face and they started cussing him out. They didn't like the way he was looking at him. And, and my, it was like, what is going on here? And, 
And I decided to step in their face. I don't know if it was a decision or a reaction. And I got in their face and I started telling them all about Jesus. <laughs> I was saying a lot of things I should not have been saying. I don't know what I was thinking. And they stared at me and then they turned to walk away. One of them opened the car door. They were going to get into their car. And so I turned away. Next thing I knew, I was getting up off the ground. The dude sucker punched me. I was like, never like a hit that you didn't see coming. It, it knocked me out. It, have you been knocked out by life? <laughs> Maybe not in a Taco Bell parking lot. <laughs> Maybe you've been knocked out financially. Maybe you've been knocked out relationally. Maybe emotionally. You're like, I did not see this coming. And, and I've been knocked out and I'm in pain. Well, I want you to know your pain can have a purpose. The apostles here are locked up. All the apostles. Last time, Peter and John had been locked up, but this time it's it's all the apostles. If you remember last time, Peter and, and John spent the night in prison. And sometimes we think it's going to go like it did last time, but, but not this night. Because an angel of the Lord appears in the middle of the night and opens up the jail cell for them. Now, now someone needs to know that people may have locked you up, but God can set you free and the angel of the Lord says, go, <laughs> okay, where are we going to go? Are we going to run? Are we going to hide? Are we going to get out of here? Are we going to get to safety? No, go to the temple courts and talk about this new life that is available through Jesus. I, want, I wonder what we've been busy talking about. If you were to wear a wire, you ever watch a show like with mobsters from back in the day and they would try to get people to go undercover and, and wear a wire? If, if you were to wear a wire and we were to listen to that conversation, what would the words coming out of your mouth be? I wonder for myself, is it, is it just complaining? Complaining about the economy? Would it just be complaining about inflation? Would it just be complaining about the challenges in our world today? Challenges in being a parent? Challenges of, of what the kids are, are facing today? Or would we be talking about the new life that is available in God? I wonder if our words would be hopeful or if our words would be hopeless. You see so much of of I wonder, just think that we're talking about these days is, is about old life, about the old stuff versus about this new life that is available with God. It's like out with the old and, and in with the new and the angel of the Lord. Said, didn't say go run, didn't say go hide, it says go into the temple courts. And, and I wonder so many of us are, are just running to safety right now. It's like safety first. Well, when you're following God, sometimes your destiny can be dangerous. I wonder if, if we're so busy running from problems, running from our past, run, running from threats that, that we're not running to our destiny. You see, if you want your pain to have a purpose, not only do our, do our prayers need to be God enable me, I don't just want to avoid, but enable me. Not only do our, our hearts need to be generous, not jealous, but the third thing 
I want you to consider today is that our, our voices, we need to share, we need to not be silent. In a culture, in a world trying to silence us, we need to share the new life that is available through Jesus. So here you have the apostles. They're, they're in the prison. They've been set free. They're in the temple court sharing. In the morning, the, the religious leaders come and they send the guards to go get to go get the apostles, have them brought to them. And, and yet when they go to check on them, the, the prison is still guarded. The guards are still there. The doors are still locked, but the prison is empty. Can you imagine? They're like, what, what is happening here? Uh, well, what, what's going on? When someone's, someone shared, hey, the, the guys we're looking for, they're in the temple courts telling people all about the new life that is available in God. So they sent the officers to, to go bring the apostles there. and they, they said, we gave you orders. We gave you strict orders orders that you are not to share about Jesus and this new life. You ever been threatened? We live in a culture today that's like threatening. It's like they were threatened. We we would lock you up, maybe even kill you. We Threats today of, of being silenced. Threats today of, of being canceled. People today are being threatened that, that if you post this online, you're going to be fired from your job. <laughs> Back then, you're looking like that's not freedom of speech. That's not freedom of religion. We look at what's going on in our world today, and you're you're like, freedom of speech? Freedom of religion? Do we have it today, or, or do we not? I know, I know that culture loves to talk about inclusivity and, and acceptance, that's the words that, that are coming out of people's mouths. But when you look at the actions, you know, one of the things that hits me is people talk about, oh, in the church, that's where you have the most hypocrites. You find the most hypocrites in the church. I'm like, that's not what I've seen. I, what I see in the church is a bunch of imperfect people who are not pointing their fingers of judgment at other people but who are saying, I, I used to be messed up and before I found God. And when I found God, I'm now on this journey of God working in my life. And I am not perfect, but I'm just becoming better today than I was yesterday. And tomorrow, I want to be better than I was today. And yet you look in the world and I wonder if there's hypocrites out in the world who say, oh, we are so inclusive and we're so accepting except if people don't agree with you and people don't vote like you and, and people don't get on with, with your agenda. The apostles told the religious leaders, hey, we get that's your threats, but, but we're, we're not going to obey you. We must obey God. Not we might obey God. We must obey God. As followers of Jesus, are we living with we might? <laughs> we, we might step out in faith. We, we might obey God. We might share hope with our neighbors. We, we might speak up when, when we see injustice. 
we might stand up for the hurting and the oppressed, or we must. If you want your pain to have a purpose, not only does our prayer need to be, God, enable me. I don't just want to avoid the problems. Not only is it, God, let my heart be generous, not, not jealous. Not only is our voice, we need to share and, and not be silent, but our commitment needs to be, we must obey God, not we might obey. Giving your all may mean risking it all. And they, when the apostles said, no, we must obey God, the religious leaders were furious and they wanted to put them to death. You know that there's people right now who are furious and maybe they want to get you fired. There's coworkers who don't like that you're a follower of Jesus and they want to get you fired. There, there's people who are furious and they're out to get you. It's, it, maybe your landlord wants to evict you. That's what they want. But God's will is more powerful than their wants. We live in a world that talks about ambition. But as a follower of Jesus, we need to re remember that obedience will take us so much farther than ambition. And we can discover that our pain can have a purpose. And so here you have Gamaliel, who was one of the most famous teachers of his time. In fact, Saul, who would become Paul, was one of his students. And he speaks up here in Acts chapter 5, beginning in verse 35. He said, carefully consider, consider carefully what you intend to do with these men. Some time ago, Thetis claimed to be someone. About 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and all of his followers were scattered. Leave these men alone. Let them go. For if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. I have a declaration for someone. God's going to use someone you never expected to help you in ways you never imagined. Let me say that again. God's going to use someone you never expected to help you in ways you never imagined. It's just like, if, if this is just their plan, they're going to fail. Are you living in a failed plan? As you look at, at your education, you, do you feel like a failure? As you look at your career, do you feel like a failure? As you look at your relationships, are you like feeling like a failure? It's just like, I feel like a failure as a spouse. I feel like a failure as a, as a parent. I feel like a, a failure as, as a, in my career. I'm, I'm disappointed and I'm, I'm discouraged. Sometimes we're like, God, where were you? Why didn't you answer my prayer? Why didn't you bless my idea? Was the plan God's plan? 
Or was the plan your plan? Was the plan just, just my plan? I wonder sometimes if we're living based upon our preference and not God's purpose. You see, our preference isn't always God's purpose. So often I'm like, I would prefer easy. <laughs> I would prefer the shortcut. I would prefer pain-free. I would prefer no obstacles. And yet I wonder, would God bless our less? That if what we want, if our plan is less than he has for us, and if what he has for us is greater than we can ask, think, or even imagine, and God's like, why, why do you want me to bless that? I've got better. I've got so much better than you're praying for. You, you see, not only do our prayers need to be, God, enable me to handle this, and God, let my heart be generous, and God, let my voice share your good word, and not, not just my commitment be might, but, but must, but we need to make a choice if we want our pain to have a purpose, that, that the choice we're going to make is we're going to live based on purpose, not preference. We're going to stop trying to get God on board with our plans and get on board with his plans. Our plans <laughs> fail. God's plans cannot fail. Let's live for God's purpose and not just for our individual preferences. It's amazing because the speech, Gamaliel's speech, persuaded them. They were persuaded, but they still punished the apostles. They had them flogged. They, they had them beaten. Have you experienced that? It's not just a, a little bit of pain. Do you remember that old video that went viral? There's two younger uh, kids. One of them is holding a baby, and he has this accent, this British accent. Ow, Charlie, you bit me. It really hurt. And it's like, uh, this is not just the bite of a young baby, but, but you've been bitten by something much worse. You're like, it hurt. It, it hurt when I was terminated. It, it hurt when I was demoted. It, it hurt when I was, when I was betrayed. They, they were released, but you got to think, probably still had bruises. They were released, but, but might have been walking with a limp. You see, in life, pain is inevitable, whether you're following God or whether you're not following God. And you might be, well, then what's the difference? Well, if there's going to be pain either way, well, then what's the difference? The difference is with God, your pain can have a purpose. Our pain, believe it or not, can glorify God and it can strengthen us. I don't know about you, but, but I don't want to waste my pain. People talk right now like, don't waste your money. <laughs> be smart with your money. People talk, don't waste time. It's precious. But what if we decide... I'm not going to waste my pain. It hurt too much. It cost me too much. I, I'm stronger now. I'm growing stronger be, because of that betrayal. I'm growing stronger be, because I was abandoned. I would not choose to go through it, but I don't want to waste having gone through it. That, that we can actually turn our pain into power and your pain can have a purpose. They ordered the apostles after they flogged them leave, but 
but you better not speak in the name of Jesus. Isn't it amazing? They didn't even say Jesus. Don't speak in that name. It's like, wait, wait, what's so threatening about the name of Jesus? Because power and life change is found in the name of Jesus. And to me, verse 41 is shocking that the apostles left rejoicing because they'd been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name of Jesus. They were rejoicing. To rejoice is to feel joyful or show great delight. I could understand rejoicing if they just got a promotion. I could understand rejoicing if all of a sudden you just got a raise. I can understand rejoicing if you're like, I just got engaged to the person of my dreams, but rejoicing here? It seems like a more natural response would have become to become resentful, to, to have bitter indignation at having been treated unfairly. You're looking at your life maybe saying, it's not fair. So are we going to become resentful when there's an opportunity to rejoice? I, I know it sounds crazy, but, but are we just complaining about inflation? Are we just complaining about our 401k? Are we just complaining about culture? Are we just complaining about continued violence? Or are we going to make up in our minds our pain can have a purpose? I got bruises. You might be like, I got issues. I got some debt, but but I'm rejoicing. If you want your pain to have a purpose, the, the last thing I want I want you to consider is the response needs to be to rejoice, not to resent. Why? Because the joy of fulfilling your purpose is far greater than the pain of the journey. And it's amazing because after they'd gone through that, they never stopped teaching and they never stopped proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah day after day, not just on Sundays at church. It was in the temple courts and from home to home. It wasn't just at a church campus. It, it was in homes. It was, it was saying, we're going to continue sharing it. They were living, what if we get flogged? What if we get arrested and beaten? But eternal purpose is so important. Would you embrace eternal purpose and not just avoid temporary pain? If we live with a temporary mindset, our lives will never have an eternal impact. You might be going through pain right now. You might be in pain. And if so, I'm sorry that that you're going through that. But I, I would say don't waste that pain. Your pain can have a purpose. If the prayer is, God, enable me, not just, God, I want to avoid this. If your heart is going to say, I want to be generous, not just jealous of other people. If your voice is is going to continue sharing the good news, not just be silenced. If if your commitment is going to be, I must follow God, not just I might. If, if you're going to choose purpose, not just preference, and if the response is going to be, we're going to rejoice at all times, I'm not going to become resentful. We live in a world that, that just wants to take pain and pain management. 
but but we can say because of our pain we can we can we can see God do something incredible. You don't have to live in misery. God can bring meaning to your pain.